2: Oh my guts, that's a secret. What's the secret? If I Free know
0: speed. about it, Michael, it's not
2: a secret. Well, that's good because I've been recording this whole time. Yeah. That's a local secret, is it? Yeah, no, just okay. like butter. We're here at Ruben's. And oh, god, now you know my secret. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rick Tillery from the group, Petal Report. Great seeing you here, and uh, it's a pleasure.
3: I'm gonna hand it off to Michael now because it's all about handling.
2: That's right, handling, handling. I don't know if I can handle it. Rubens Burger Bistro in Boulder, Colorado. Handling. You know, I want to say something. Um, when, I, when I just walked into Rubens right when I got here, um,
3: Rubens is a bike bar. They have bike pictures everywhere, and the walls are painted yellow and white, and, you know, yellow jersey, white jersey, green jersey, polka dot jersey. And here's polka dot. Pictures, b- bikes, you know, Laurent Jalabert's bike hanging from the ceiling. Over He's there. right
2: behind it? Yep. Yeah.
3: Big, big pictures and stuff. And I come in, and there's... World Championship poker and
2: football on the TV. And I want to lodge a formal complaint. It's the off-season. Don't you think cyclists are out playing World Championship poker? Uh, no, it's not the
3: off-season. It's the middle of cross-season. It's the off-season. It's, yeah. it's only the off-season for the, for the
2: soft babies. <laughs> uh, I better start sucking my thumb. <laughs> so, handling. Uh, that really applies to every discipline of cycling. So, not just you you rock-hard cross people. Um, it there's really, so many it, things it does, that can affect right. it, though. I mean, why don't we start with the wheels? Oh... Uh... What do you mean? That wheels, as in braking services, wheels setup, stuff Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. I mean, that's all going to affect your handling. Yeah. I think you know, just just to start with. Although I, I mean, guess if disc, disc brakes, your braking service doesn't matter.
3: Yeah. We yeah, we definitely went into that the other yeah. week. I think um, you know, just as like an overview of the, of the topic today. I mean, I just I think you can't um, overestimate the importance of handling. It's a big deal. I mean, even on the road track riders everybody needs to really go out of their way to learn how to ride a bike properly it's not just about being what I would call a straight line superstar and you know getting you know raging fit And um, ripping everybody's legs off. I mean, you've you've got to be, you've got to have the full package. And you know, there's more to it than just obviously winning races or or kicking ass in your, in your local training ride. I mean, it's it you know, it's safer. It makes the people around you more comfortable. I mean, you know, really learning how to ride a bike well. Is I think it's a it's a major achievement, and it's a way bigger and way more uh, way more important
2: achievement than just getting in rip and good shape. You know, I mean, I hate to say it because I think it sounds like kind of a jerk, but I mean, going out on a group ride with people you don't know. I either tail off the back or just stay at the front. Oh, absolutely, and you know, I mean, it, it makes me and, really nervous. Well,
3: and handling, you know, there's there's obviously um, there's an etiquette element to to the handling equation. You know, when when I came up through the cycling ranks in you know as a young kid in Australia, there was always guys that were my age in in the groups who would who would coach you on how to do things and who would you know kind of tutor you as you're riding along on on um how to you know not just how to handle your, your bike but how to handle yourself in a in a road peloton like how to pull through on the right side like where to position yourself you know how um you know make sure you don't pull through too hard and make gaps and and you know, it was pretty it was a real school of hard knocks where I came from. Oh, yeah, I got to go to the front. Yeah, go we had 5 miles an hour faster to absolutely. show everybody how strong I am. Well, but that's actually, you know, that's kind right. of the terrible model exactly. like People freaking hate that. <laughs> and and you know, when I when I was, you know, growing up in in Queensland in Australia, the, you know, like I said, there were guys my age who would literally grab you by the jersey and pull you down to the back of the group and say, "If you ever do that again, I will put you in the freaking ditch." They would take you off the road and they would say, stay here, ride at the back until you learn to ride. And you would get, you'd get lectured on, on how to ride and how to position yourself and how to handle yourself. And um, you don't see much of that anymore. You see a lot less of that. And even in, you know, in cyclocross right now, there's this incredible focus on... Of, uh, incredible focus on people just getting in raging shape and starving themselves to death and training themselves to death and um training themselves to bits and i just feel like they're missing 85 percent of the picture they're working way too hard to get a very small amount of benefit
2: you know i was just gonna say the person who pulls through five miles an hour faster we just always let them go just go just let them ride off the front and and leave them out there i mean and
3: you know that's that's actually a fantastic tactic for people who don't know how to ride on the road
2: Uh, and cyclocross you you just say i mean do people it seems to me like good bike handling skills would be a way to victory in good places i mean much more than just being able to hammer it well yeah
3: it's it's way more than you think and you know i've had this discussion with people over the years and, and you know one of my favorite sayings is I will never beat anybody going in a straight line everybody I know is stronger and thinner and faster than me in a straight line you know where I do well in cross races is is handling and managing the course and and picking apart the technical aspects of the course and and um and working the course to my advantage and, um, you know, like I said, there's a lot of, lot of people coming into cross now, you know, from, from road or triathlon or different disciplines, you know, like maybe not even a cycling-based sport. And they, they have this mindset from the, you know, that's the, the sp- obviously centered around the sport they come from where you, you have to get in, rip in good shape. And like I said, starve yourself to death and be, ama- you know, just amazingly fit. But they've they've missed the whole point of of especially what cyclocross is. In cyclocross, if you if you go around a corner and you you go around a corner one mile an hour slower than the person in front of you and they take you know, they make a, a six or a ten foot gap on you, you have to fight to get that back. Right. And fight to get that back once, fine. Fight to get it back five times, yeah, you know, it's not so bad. Multiply that by all of the corners on a course and then multiply that by all of the laps you're going to do and there's no freaking way you can hang. The, you know, the only bike races I've ever won were ones where I was able to, to work over the guys I was racing with in the technical aspects of the course and just wear them down until they just couldn't keep coming back. And it's, it, in, in cyclocross, it's enormously important. And, um, you know, there, there's a safety element about it as well. I mean, there's, there's guys who come into cross and they're in fantastic shape. And, you know, they're, they've obviously trained and, and they're, they're obviously fit. But they're flat out scary to race with. And, you know, we're a bunch of old dudes. We don't heal that quickly anymore. We've all got to go to work on Monday. There's no point going out and
2: being, you know, ending up in the hospital. For a a weekend race. Drove me to ultra. I mean, I enjoy it. You're racing for a long time. You just want to ride by yourself. You don't need to worry about (laughs) crashing (laughs) because of somebody else.
3: Yeah, so, uh, you know, you, you, you obviously sort of, you know, you went through the genesis of the whole process and decided that you didn't want to ride with other people anymore because they were too scary. Well, and when <laughs> and, bikes
2: got, you know, to the the cost they are, wheels are so expensive, and you know, I don't want to go out and crash in a, yeah. a local criterium, and, you know, it's just not worth it to me.
3: Yeah, and, you know, that's conversation. I'd rather
2: like, do a 3,000-mile time trial.
3: Yeah, you're, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, you, you know, as, as, you know, I'm an old guy, and as a master's racer, why are we doing this? You know, why are you racing your bike? It, it costs you money. It's all fun. It's all fun, right? Okay, so it, it, it costs you money and you're, you know, you're obviously paying for this out of your own pocket. You're not a professional, so why are you doing it? You're, you're doing it for fun. So if you go out on the weekend and you race with people who scare the living shit out of you and you wreck a bunch of equipment and, and two people end up in the hospital, yeah. there's no point. No. At that point, you, just, you, you say, okay, I'm not racing my bike anymore. I'm going home. And... And I, and just handling and managing the bike and and um, knowing how to handle yourself i mean it's not just handling in the in the narrow sense of you know handling a bike knowing how to go around corners knowing how to you know um how to rail through like a sand pit or something in a cross race it's 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 a it's a bigger picture it's, it's handling yourself and being being a safe and predictable and not scary rider in races and group rides and and i just think it's enormously important and it's something that's been really lost in the last few years
2: just like butter here at Ruben's Burger Bistro in Boulder, Colorado, we're talking handling skills, and I I want to get into parts of the bike. I mean, there's so much that affects handling. This is two or three shows, really. I yeah, mean, we, well, and you know, the, the, just like um, t-
3: tires and wheels yeah, and brakes. Yeah, that's true. You, you <laughs> Everything know, that, we do. That's, some, that's something <laughs> I could kind of
2: wax ridiculous about for, for eternity, but... Um, I, but I mean, seriously, so what do you do to really improve your handling skills and then let's get into the equipment? Well, I mean equipment
3: is actually way less of a big deal than you think. obviously, the positioning on the bike you know you know let 's just look at it through the prism of cross i mean i don't want to make this a too broad spectrum um, conversation because it, it'll just get it'll get ridiculous and and the the message will be lost entirely. If you look at it through the prism of cross you you, you you try and optimize your bike so that you obviously create the most power and you can ride the fastest on the bike but but as part of that balance when you're setting up your bike you're, you're, you have to be relaxed and comfortable on your bike you don't want to be gripping the handlebars so hard that're you're, that you're going to rip them off um, and and you need to you need to have a, a, a really good centered position on your bike so that you can obviously handle the bike well. And how do you then, find that? I mean, well, your
2: it, it, saddle to stem drop.
3: Yeah, and... like all that kind of stuff. Obviously, yeah. you know, like your saddle setback, like how far behind your saddle your bottom bracket is, and, and basically, a, a lot of the handling equation is is to do with your your, your saddle or the, the position of your your center of gravity on the bike. I'm I'm using my hands here to kind of. Like show, show what, what I'm doing on yeah, yeah like on a radio yeah. show it's kind of stupid but, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but.
3: <laughs> you know, when you when you're riding a bike, if you think about it, your your center of mass, your center of gravity is basically between, you know, your hips and your chest. That's the main the main the main body of mass that you have to move. And you've got to talk that part of your body into moving or going around a corner or changing direction before any other part of part of your body or bike is is going to follow. So your position on your bike in relation to your back wheel and your bottom bracket and, and obviously your hand position is hugely important. And one thing I think when people one thing one mistake people make coming into cross is that they have um, a lot of tension in their hands and shoulders and they just hang on to their bike way too tight. And um, one thing we teach with the juniors is we teach them to ride with their hips very early on. And you, your juniors certainly have done well. This and my, year, so. Yeah, yeah. My, we have a lot of juniors who've cut, you know who've basically come through my group and ended up you know up in Pete Weber's group and that are riding the elites now and they're. They're absolute little monsters, and if you, you know, my son's sitting here tonight. He's a he's a um, state champion in junior cyclocross as well, and these these kids are getting these phenomenal, you know, this phenomenal coaching from at, at a very early age and a very grassroots level and we're trying to instill a love of cycling and a love of of the fun of cycling into them and we have no focus on fitness or training at all it's all about handling and skills and smoothness and getting it right and so um you know adults coming into the sport overlook the importance of handling and you know handling's a part of efficiency when you, it, Like I said, if you go into a corner and you, you go in two, one or two miles an hour slower than the person in front of you, they're more efficient than you are. They're going to come out faster and that's eventually going to wear you down over time. So on a cross course, multi, you know, if you multiply all the corners on a cross cross course times the amount of laps you're going to do, you, you can really get the shit beat out of you by, by someone who can handle a bike a lot better than you.
2: What are some things you can do to improve your handling? I mean, obviously, look for a coach. And yeah. Um, up in the summer, we see people up in the park doing their cyclocross training.
3: Absolutely. Like, you know, pra- practice the fundamentals and really get comfortable on your bike. Like, I do um, quite a bit of private coaching. You know, pe- people will approach me. Oh, yeah, I do one-on-one coaching, you know, as well as coaching the juniors and – and um, and coaching entire teams, like you know, like a, a local club or team will approach me to to come and do like a clinic with them. And I really think if if you're really inexperienced at cross or mountain biking or, or a sport like that that's that's very technical, or a cycling sport like that that's very technical, you know, one of the best things you can do is get a little bit of help from somebody. Get you know get do do a clinic. Go out of your way to find out more about this kind of stuff because you know like i said anyone can get in shape i mean that's just that's a head game you just starve yourself to death and and you know train your
2: balls off and that's it it's not no, i mean that's nice not think difficult about getting on a mountain bike in fantastic shape but never having ridden a mountain bike going up an insanely steep climb and you can't keep the front wheel down oh yeah and, and then have a small clinic and it's like oh this is easy right
3: so you know so coming from you know me me coming from a mountain biking dirt biking bmx background as a kid my entire life there's pretty much no there's no um limit to how bad a shape i could be in and still be able to hang with you well. on a mountain bike so, um, and and that's just—it's enormously important, and it's a fundamental element that people overlook. So, I would say for for people who who are coming into technical cycling sports, so obviously let's just say cyclocross and mountain biking—you know, think, things that involve handling and they—it involves a certain looseness and nimbleness and confidence. Um, I, I would really seek out ways to. Um, relax on the bike, I mean you obviously have to ride with a relaxed upper body as soon as you this is one thing I go through with juniors and I go through with, with adults when I coach them, one of the first things I go through is you have to relax your upper body and relax your hands to be able to, to handle a bike because the the handling of a bike actually doesn't come from your hands I know that sounds counterintuitive <laughs> but you know, one of my... one of my
2: hand wings.
3: Yeah. <laughs> the, it, it, it's got nothing... Handling has nothing to do with your hands. Um, it, it's, it's actually really, really difficult to explain because I think, you know, people's, people's instinct when they ride a bike and you, you get into a little bit of a sticky situation or you're doing a, a, a move or a, a technical aspect of a course that you're not, that you're not very confident with, the, the tendency is to crunch down
2: and obviously grab the handlebars really tight and grab a big fistful of brakes and which I think is in any sport when fear takes over i mean i have taught you, skiing for you, 25 years and you, know, and you it's crunch the same down thing. You, exactly so and then you're really screwed so as, yeah so as soon
3: as as, soon as you have locked your you know enormous heavy mass down to the mass of the bike and you're this one big um, you're, you're this one big continuous or contiguous mass careening through a corner. You've lost all your nimbleness, you've lost your ability to adjust, you've lost your ability to to make changes and and um you know.
1: To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss.
3: You know, like go with the nuance of the course, and you're basically going to crash. So one of the first people, one of the first things I discuss with people is you've got to loosen up your upper body. You know, one of the jokes I make is your handlebars are just on your bike to hold your brake levers up otherwise they would just be dangling around in your wheels you don't steer a bike with your hands think about, okay, so you're riding in a straight line you're just riding down the street in a straight line and you just turn the handlebars to the right with your hands, what happens? you're going to crash which way? To the left to the left, so you 're just going to high side exactly, so you know the, the I mean the ob- obvious extrapolation of that is that you have to get your your body and your center of mass and the bike to all start changing direction before you actually commit any steering input to the bike, so when you, you know when you start to turn a bike you um, you start to change its direction by changing your center of mass. You know, if you want to turn right, you actually move your center of mass to the right. And often, and I know this from a motorcycling background, when you, if you want to turn right on a motorcycle, you actually push on the right handlebar a little bit. Because you, you need to take the bike off balance and get it to lean over to the right. Otherwise, Otherwise, it'll just continue going in a straight line. You know, you're, you're in it's more profound in the case of motorcycles, but um, but still it, it's subtle, but it applies in the case of bicycles. You can't get your, your whole mass and a bicycle to change directions just by t- turning the handlebars, you're gonna crash. You have to counter steer the bike a little bit and actually get it to, to lay over. And you know, only after you've got the bike to lay over and you've changed the direction of your entire body mass, including your center of gravity, which is obviously you know, somewhere around. Around your belly button then the, the last the very last thing you do is the handlebars actually start to turn and go around but ev- everything else comes before that and I think people really, really struggle with that. So you've got to get and it's counterintuitive too, because people think, oh, you know, as soon as I get in a stressful situation, just grab a fistful of brakes and hang on tight and right. hope for the best. And <laughs> and that is just absolute recipe for crash. I mean as soon as you start doing that, you've just you've you've locked down and you're you're stiff and rigid and and that just never ends well you know another thing i say is you know when you when you're riding along on a bike you have five points of contact your two hands on the handlebars your two feet on the on their pedals and your and your butt on the saddle as soon as you start removing as soon as you eliminate one point of contact after another you're basically sacrificing stability. So, if you, if you stand up on the pedals and eliminate your saddle as a point of stability, um, it, you, you become marginally more unstable, but it helps you to be able to float over bumps and terrain a little bit smoother. So, and if you're going around a corner and you clip out one foot, then you're you know you've you've sacrificed quite a bit of stability by doing that so then your back wheel slides and you clip out the other foot and so now you have you know you're sitting back on the saddle but you have both feet unclipped you're getting really unstable so think about you get to this you get to this point where you're sitting on the saddle and both feet are unclipped why you know if you take one hand off the handlebars you're screwed so you keep if you keep sacrificing points of contact
2: you're thinking now how that overloads others. If you have both feet out, exactly, what, seventy-five, eighty percent of you. You're more sitting, than that is on your seat. It's you're sitting on your butt, and yeah. you and you have I mean, no control over your hands, really and, and you're going down. So that,
3: you know. Yet again, this is another thing we drill into the juniors is. You you need to you need to manage your points of contact on a bike. If you're going around a corner and you and you want to um, you you want to clip out like it's a sketchy gravel corner or something, and you want to clip out one foot, you need to maintain your other points of contact. Obviously, you keep your hands relaxed and firm on the handlebars, and the the one foot that you re, you remain clipped in, you actually really weight that foot. Like you you um, you try and you try and drive your center of gravity through that foot so that so that your center of mass is anchored at a lot lower position you want to you want to get your center of gravity or get your the anchor point of your center of gravity down as low as possible Um, so we really concentrate on those on those anchor points on your bike and so if you if you sacrifice one anchor point by clipping out or by not being on your saddle you damn well better make sure that all the other ones are are locked in and
2: stable and ready to go you know, there was a guy I worked with in Oregon who, he was one of the most amazing bike handlers I've ever seen. And his feeling with tires was, "Ah, eh, tires are tires. I can do whatever I want. And then you talk to other people, and tires are extremely important. What I mean, you go into a cyclocross race, different conditions. How important are, how important is your equipment? Well... At a certain level, your 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 tires and equipment are
3: important, but that's really, you know, a classic case of putting the cart in front of the horse. If you go into a race with a you know ten thousand dollar bike and you have the best cross tubulars in the universe and you have them at you know spend nice pressure, and you don't know how to ride, you're you're just screwed. I mean, the 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 fundamental tenet is always to start with learning how to ride your bike and learning how to ride it well. And then as you have access to, to you know, more and more um, new refined pieces of equipment like that, you know, like lighter, faster, stronger, like carbon wheels or something, you know, they feel really good. I just actually started riding um, a brand new through-axle bike this, this uh, actually, last week and i was you know i've ridden through axle bikes before and i was pretty impressed with them and then you know what my newest team bike right now is through axle and it it makes an enormous difference you know difference there's um you know there's tires and tire pressure but none of that makes a freaking shit of difference if you actually don't
2: know how to ride that all comes later you're racing your clone yeah you're racing identical michael robson is that equipment going to make that big a difference
3: me, me against Honestly. me me against me it would make a, a little bit of a difference but the fact that it would be me racing against me would be that that would be the major advantage to both mes <laughs> did that make any sense at all <laughs> yes you're really <laughs>
2: Motivating yourself to race harder—I <laughs> <laughs> can't be beat by me. Well, yeah, I no, mean, but you
3: know what I mean. Someone of equal—no, no, no, ability. no, and no—that was exactly my point. I mean, yeah. you know, the 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 main advantage to me racing against me would be. The, the handling skills and the ability to to pick apart a course and and understand the best line and, and the positioning and my my poise on the bike and my position on the bike and the the way I handle the bike and the fact that I don't hang onto the handlebars too tight, all of that would be a way bigger advantage than equipment. That so, that I mean, stuff doesn't make difference. this is taking me
2: to another show we did where it was what are things you can do to increase your speed, you know, at fairly low cost. Improving your bike handling skills would be a great place to start.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you if you have if you have, um, you know, let's say you have, uh, pick a number. Give me a number, a, a dollar figure. Uh, hundred and fifty dollars. One hundred and fifty dollars, burning a hole in your pocket. All coaching. Just go and go and get. Find, find someone. Who, all coaching. Absolutely. If you have. Um, if you have $2,500 burning a hole in your pocket, I would say commit commit at least $750 of that to you know doing clinics and doing coaching. Hey, Brian. Do some clinics, do some coaching. Go to you know, like sometimes you don't even have to spend money. There's free clinics. Boulder Cycle Sport here in Boulder does free Wednesday, um, free Wednesday cyclocross clinics in, in the late summer and fall, all the way through until after racing starts, where you can just go and someone who really friggin knows how to ride, like you know Brandon Dwight or Pete Weber or Kristen Weber, two different completely different Webers. Um, that they'll they'll just give you basically the insider information on how to do cross and how to how to ride smoothly and efficiently and go as fast as possible and that's free but if you if you want if you need you know if it basically comes down to a matter of spending money on it i would say find definitely invest a good percentage of the money burning a hole in your pocket into just getting some some tutorial information from someone who really really knows what they're doing that's a big deal i mean obviously you can buy you know newer fancier better equipment and and expand your horizons that way a little bit but it's really not going to do you any good if you're a crap rider and i've seen that in action you know week in week out
2: at cross races so how much do good handling skills affect your time trialing ability your road skills i mean every other aspect of cycling uh, I would say a ton, but you're the expert. I would say a ton. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would agree with
3: with a ton. <laughs> we could say anywhere between a ton to a shit ton. I mean, you, you obviously give it a range, but, uh, you know, okay, look at someone like Fabian Cancellara. He's a road rider, but he's an absolutely phenomenal bike handler. He's a good bike rider. And Peter and, Sagan. I mean, yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 you know, like... Fabian Cancellara is, you know, a, he is, and you know, in his he's probably a little bit past it right now. Sorry, dude. Um, in his heyday, was absolutely untouchable, and you know, he was ridiculously fast in a straight line, and and got in amazingly good shape. But that guy could ride a corner and, and rail a course like there's no tomorrow. And that's a big deal. Like, it's, it's exactly the same as cross. You go into a corner in a time trial and, you know, you have, you have, you know, dude A, who was Fabian Cancellara, who rails through that corner and doesn't touch the brakes. And then you have dude B, who is, God knows.
2: Anybody <laughs> I, else. I think my whipping boy is that, <laughs> is
3: that Bud A dude who, who crashed coming down the mountain in the Tour de France. <laughs> God, what a wally. Okay, let's, let's, let's pick on him for a minute. Um... Yeah, you know, let's say guy B is... Was it A? Yeah, I think it was Buddy. That's it, let's just say. But we all know who he is. He goes through a corner and t- touches the brakes, doesn't quite apex the corner out quite right and comes out going two miles an hour slower than Fabian Cancellara was at the same point on the same corner. That, that person has, has to use his physical energy and exertion and strength to reaccelerate up to speed, up to, to get back up to the speed that the other person, the other person was there for free, and um, I, I think in all aspects of the sport it makes a really big difference. At a, at a competitive level, it makes a phenomenal difference. You know, look at people who really know how to ride. You know, back in the day. Um, um, Bernardino was, was a, a fantastic Man. bike handler. Um, you know, scroll forward a little bit and you get into to dudes who were just magic riders like Johan Museo. Mm-hmm. He was, I mean, you know, that guy could, could rail around a corner and take a 20 foot gap out of somebody in Paro Bay. And those I mean, guys. thinking of him on cobbles. Yeah, and had. that, I mean, that, amount, that amounts to basically an attack. Right. You can, you can waste a bunch of energy attacking and getting a 20-foot gap on somebody and then you try and you know, work to consolidate it, or you can just get it for free going around a corner. And I do that all the time in cross races. I'm like, okay, I can waste a bunch of energy that I don't have because I'm old and fat um, trying to accelerate in a straight line, or I can work these friggin' guys over going around corners. And that's, for me, that's my only option. And I think it's it's enormously impactful, and it and and it, it's it's safer and it's more comfortable, and it makes the people around you want to ride with you and want to call you and say, hey, dude, do you want to go for a ride? And when you race with guys, instead of them being afraid of what you're going to do next, they're comfortable racing with you. And as you know, like I said, as old guys, we don't want to go to the hospital on Monday morning. We don't want to. Yeah, we're doing great. We thanks a lot. Thank you. No,
2: thanks. I'm good.
3: As old guys racing, we don't want to bust equipment that we have to pay for. We don't want to end up in the hospital on Monday morning. We want to go out and have some good, clean, hard-fought racing and then all get together and drink a beer at the end. And that's exactly what we do. And if, if, there's, you know, if, there's, if, if there's an element or if there's people introduced into, into a racing scene like that that, that can't handle bikes, they're flat-out scary. They're scary to be around.
2: You know Michael it's really cool talking with you when you're passionate about a certain <laughs> subject. And this was this was great. I really enjoyed visiting with you tonight. I, I feel like we've done a couple of shows that were were
3: maybe a bit boring but I I just I really do think this is enormously important and it's and it's enormously overlooked. People don't think about it and they discount it as not important. And you know for the for the fourth time in the last what 31 minutes it did just it doesn't matter how fit you can get and what kind of shape you can get in. You want to, you know, cycling's a lifelong sport. You want to be out, you, you don't want to hurt yourself. You don't want to crash and injure yourself. You don't want to ride with people who, um, who are scared by the way you ride.
2: Yeah, Oh, I. you know, I think, no, we were focusing on cross, but I think of racing circuit races and crits with, you know, kind of the old guy on the team who came into the sport Bmx uh, and motocross. You know, this is back in the early '80s, and he could always stay in the field. Be- just because he was such a good bike handler, it didn't matter so if he didn't smooth. have the fitness. Right.
3: Well, and the, and, and the thing with people like that and is... He is, was is, the guy to follow. He if, knew yeah. he was going to oh, take the line. It's funny I was going to say that because when you would go into a corner behind someone like that, you wouldn't... You trust them. You, you wouldn't yeah. gap them off and give them like a six-foot gap in case they crash because you think they're an idiot. You, I mean, you rail in two inches off their back wheel... In, into a corner in a quit and crit and don't think anything of it Nothing. and and yep. that's that's something I do in cross all the time if I'm you know if I'm in a group of guys I, and and we're coming into a technical section I you know I'll have like a, a I'll do a little quick equation in my head about the guy that I'm you know the guy or the guys that I'm riding with and I'll say okay well you know I've I've followed this guy into um, you know into the sand on a cross course four times and all four times he screwed it up I'm going to give him 10 feet, I'm going to gap off 10 feet and wait for him to screw it up and then just blow right by him. And then there's other guys, you know, there's a, the, the other guys that I, that I race with in our groups, and, and, you know, obviously I'm not going to name any names, but there's other guys in our group that I will absolutely rail through a muddy corner or rail through the sand or rail, just, just absolutely go anywhere on their wheel at a, you know, two-inch range and not think anything of it. And, you know, for me, I think
2: that's enormously important. Michael, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. We're we're kind of over time, but... uh, Handling is important, (laughs) and it's not just about handling. You don't use your hands to handle. And we got to handle through just like butter, and you (laughs) did just great, so... Ruben's God. Burger Bistro.
3: I was, I was wondering if we could actually make a show out of just talking about handling, but that ended yeah. up...
2: Uh, we could go for another thing.
3: Yeah, I'm, I could just keep, keep rolling on this.
2: Well, learn- Ruben's in Boulder. <laughs> I'm George Thomas with... Michael Robson. Learn to handle your bike. All
0: right. Hold up. What was that?